Will you pray with me? Oh, Lord, open our eyes that we may see you. Open our ears that we may hear you. Open our hearts that we may feel you. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you here. Amen. I was in my fifth year of teaching high school English, happy as a clam, when I felt a strong call to go to seminary and enter into a full-time ministry. The conviction grew so strong that it became a painful burden in my heart. After resisting the call for many months, I finally cried uncle and told God that I would at least apply to a seminary. And like many of us, I struck a deal with God because I like deals and said, okay, God, the only way I can go to seminary is if the seminary offers me a full scholarship. And I thought, you know, that's a really good deal. God should take that one. So I gave my resignation at work for the upcoming school year and applied to seminary. I was so sure that I'd get a full ride that I didn't even think about what I'd do if I didn't until the acceptance letter came with the flat-out denial of any kind of scholarship, full or otherwise. Needless to say, I was hurt and confused. God, I thought we had a deal. This was not the way things were supposed to go. How many times have you thought, this is not the way it's supposed to go? If this is really God's will, this is not the way it's supposed to be. One of the most frequent questions I get asked as a pastor is, how do I know this is God's will or what is God's will for me? All of us tend to have specific ideas as to what God's will is and how it should be done. Sometimes it's so hard for us to let go of our control and our ideas of how God is supposed to work. When we say thy will be done, we're letting go of any control we may have over situations that we're faced with. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, let go and let God. I believe letting go is really the first step in asking and saying, thy will be done. That's why I love the story of Abraham in our Genesis passage today. God tells him, no details about where he's going or how he'll be a blessing, only that he is to leave and go to the place God tells him to go and that he'll be a blessing to all nations. At age 75, he sets out and follows God's call without any clear instructions. Thy will be done. Surrendering our expectations and our ways of doing things is by no means easy. Even Jesus, on the night he was arrested and crucified, prayed that God might remove the cup from him so that he wouldn't have to suffer. He brings his disciples with them to pray to the Mount of Olives and tells them to pray that they may not fall into temptation. And Jesus goes off 
to pray by himself. And he, and he prays so that he may not fall into the temptation himself. The temptation to take the easy way out. The temptation to hold on to the last vestige of control you think you have. In our Luke passage, it points out that Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives as usual. This practice of surrendering himself to God's will was something Jesus did on a regular basis in surrendering control over our lives, holding things loosely in our hands, that's not something we do just once or twice in our lifetime, but something we do every single day. It's an attitude we develop and discipline we foster on a daily basis. What areas of your life do you need to surrender so that God's will can be done in and through you? Which grip do you need to loosen so that you can claim the promise of being a blessing to all those around you. Discerning God's will not only means surrendering ourselves and letting go of our own expectations and control, but also recognizing that we need our community, our community of faith. I love it that Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives with his disciples. And this is why small groups are so important. They help us to discern God's will in our lives and in the world around us. Do you have a small group or a community of faith or Christian friends you can go to to discern God's will with? Who are those people in your life? I hope you have them and hold them close to your heart. And asking that God's will be done isn't the same as saying, I have no desires or will of my own. Even Jesus says in the Mount of Olives, not my will, but yours be done. This meant that Jesus knew what he wanted and was able to surrender it to God's will. What do you desire? An important step in discerning God's will in our lives and in our world is knowing the desires of our own hearts. I have a friend who's always had a hard time articulating what she wants because of her upbringing. As a racial minority, she was taught to take the world as it is and that she did not have the right to ask for what she wanted. She was brought up to not want anything. I wonder how many of us were taught to just accept what was given to us without expressing our desires. Currently, she's in the middle of discerning a career move and as part of her discernment process decided she'd write down everything, anything and everything she likes and wants. The list went anywhere from, I like to watch sports to, I want to be close to my children, to, I love connecting people to God. She wrote out the list of all her likes and desires without any judgment nor shame. And it really helped her to come to terms with how God wanted to work 
with her, use her desires to bring about God's will in her life and the world around us. Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I wonder what makes you come alive. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what are the desires of your heart? Deeply inspired by her, I also went and made a list of my own. All the things I like and want. Wow. It was a powerful experience. I won't share the list here, but I'll tell you what. If you go and make your own list and bring it to me, we can share them together. You see, our desires matter to God. Because discerning God's will, praying for God's will, is something we do within the context of our relationship with God. Henry Nouwen underscores the importance of relationship when he says, to know God's will is to actively claim an intimate relationship with God in the context of which we discover our deepest vocation and the desire to live that vocation to the fullest. It has nothing to do with passive submission to an external divine power that imposes itself on us. It has everything to do with active waiting on a God who waits for us. Finding ourselves in a relationship with God is prerequisite to discernment of God's will and direction. God's will is always accomplished within the relationship God has with us. Imagine that God's will is a river that you step into and it sweeps you away. Surrender to that river and align your will with God's will. May our hearts break for what breaks God's heart. May it rejoice over what brings joy to God's heart, and may God's will be done in and through each and every one of us and through this church. So, after receiving the notice of acceptance to McCormick Theological Seminary without the scholarship, I spent a month with a broken heart. I was angry at God. I said, God, I thought we had a deal. I spent many sleepless nights agonizing over how I could possibly afford a full-time seminary education for three years with two little children in tow without anyone working a full-time job. I sought out wise counsel from my pastor, mentors, and friends. And when the month was up, I knew I had to enroll in seminary full-time, scholarship or no scholarship. Through that month of discernment, I realized I really wanted to go to seminary, not just because God wanted me to, and I had no choice, but because my soul rejoiced at the thought of going into a full-time ministry. My will 
had aligned with God's will during that month of agonizing discernment. So I called the school to let them know my decision. And the admissions director sounded a bit puzzled and asked me to hold. When she came back, she said, there must have been some mistake. You were awarded a full scholarship that also includes a stipend to cover housing for the next three years. God was sure that I should go into full-time ministry, but I had to take that month to be sure of it myself, and more than anything, to surrender and trust that God's got my back. I had to honor my relationship with God, that it wasn't going to be a quid pro quo, but a call upon my life. At the heart of praying, thy will be done, lies a deep trust in the relationship we have with God. God wants to take us on a journey, an adventure, a path that always leads to resurrection and new life and blessing. Only if we'll let God and trust God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. May we embrace this will as we pray. Thy will be done. Amen.